Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Tonight, Russian forces escalating their attacks on Ukraine. Russia stepping up its deadly airstrikes, a TV tower taken out by a blast in Kyiv. A Holocaust memorial nearby damaged the missile blast hitting Freedom Square in Ukraine's second largest city. The country's president calling it a war crime. A Russian convoy now stretching 40 miles headed for the capital. The humanitarian crisis worsening. More than 600,000 have now fled Ukraine. All eyes on Vladimir Putin, what the U.S. fears he will do next. Also tonight, President Biden preparing to give his first State of the Union address just a short time from now. New reporting on what he will say to Congress and the American people about Ukraine. Record inflation and COVID. Just moments away, my interview with the president's chief of staff. The deadly shooting at a California church, the father killing his three daughters and their chaperone before taking his own life. The search for answers. The hopeful sign that Queen Elizabeth is on the men more than a week after testing positive for COVID. And just in, Major League Baseball canceling opening day and several regular season games after missing a key deadline to end the lockout. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. President Biden getting ready to deliver his first State of the Union speech tonight. But it is the state of Ukraine under heavy Russian attack this evening that will feature prominently in the president's remarks. The White House closely watching the unfolding horror as Russian shells rain down on major cities. Fears growing tonight over the fate of civilians. Ukraine's President Zelensky calling Russia's actions state terrorism. The Russians today taking out a television tower in the capital of Kiev killing several people. But that massive Kyiv-bound Russian convoy is now said to be stalled, according to a senior U.S. defense official, but expected to regroup and adapt. Here in Washington, President Biden will say Vladimir Putin's hope of dividing Americans at home was wrong. Watching his speech tonight as guest of First Lady Jill Biden will be the Ukrainian ambassador. Our team in place across the globe again tonight, starting with Richard Engel on the front lines. Facing growing resistance and mounting logistical setbacks, Russia tonight is unleashing an even more massive and deadly assault against Ukraine. The eastern city of Kharkiv is taking the brunt of it. Ukrainian officials say Russia targeted a government administration building with a missile strike. This was the aftermath near the city's Freedom Plaza. Kharkiv's mayor warning the city is surrounded. Ukraine's President Zelensky accused Russia of targeting civilians, a war crime, and said the barbaric tactics are aimed at pressuring Ukraine to make a deal. Diplomatically, Russia has become a pariah, shunned today at the UN Human Rights Council as delegates walked out during a pre-recorded message by Russia's foreign minister. The Ukrainian military says it's been able to hit back at Russia, including this drone strike on Russian vehicles. But will it be enough? For what Russia has prepared, Ukraine's capital is now staring down the barrel of this 40-mile-long convoy 
closing in, but doing it slowly. A senior U.S. defense official says the convoy is facing fuel and food shortages. So bombs and missiles now are doing most of the dirty work. Ukraine says this is what's left after a Russian airstrike on a military base outside Kiev. And that Russia targeted this TV tower downtown. Russia tonight ominously warning civilians to leave central Kiev, saying it will strike intelligence and communication sites there. The heartbreaking toll of Russia's invasion is growing. We went to the basement of Kiev's main hospital for mothers and babies. Under the rusty pipes are patients who were already in the hospital and need continuous care. These twins, born prematurely. Oleksiy, who had just had a blood transfusion when the bombs started falling. And Nicole, born with complex needs and who requires daily attention. How are you feeling? I, I, I have a child myself who has special needs and has extra health issues. And I know how, how powerless you can feel to be a parent with a, with a sick child. It's very hard, Oksana says. We want this war to stop because our kids suffer and we cannot get home. They're holding on, but don't know if the worst is yet to come. And Richard, as we said, you're in Kiev. We know there's been this sense of bracing for a Russian assault, that convoy. Uh, any idea why it is stalled right now? Well, the Russian assault is very powerful, but it is facing some problems. Ukrainian officials say every day they are finding more suspiciously abandoned Russian vehicles. And some of the Russian soldiers seem conflicted. Uh, for the second time since this war began today, Ukrainians unarmed walked up to Russian troops, confronted them, started yelling at them. In this case, the Russians fired in the air. The, the Ukrainians didn't back down and the Russians didn't shoot at them. Richard Engel for us tonight. Thank you. And that sense Richard mentioned that the worst may be yet to come is driving more than 100,000 Ukrainians a day to flee the country. Tom Yamas is in western Ukraine tonight. Tonight, the wave of refugees sweeping across Europe is growing. The U.N. says more than 600,000 Ukrainians have escaped in just six days. Many of the refugees boarding outbound trains are children, some too young to understand. Families desperate to escape the looming onslaught in the east. Ksenia's husband staying behind. Me and three children, we uh, uh, came into the train. From trains to Hungary, to buses to Greece and Poland, even by foot to Romania and Slovakia, the reasons to leave are the same. To save my life, life of my baby. But some black immigrants tonight say the journey out is getting harder and harder for them. Mostly they would, they would consider white people first, white people first, Indian people, Arabic people, before black people. As long as you are black, no one likes you. As so many scramble out, others are standing by. In western Ukraine, the Lviv Art Center now feels like an Amazon warehouse. Everything is on the move. Food, clothes, diapers. Not for customers, but for countrymen. It's all volunteers. It's, it's all the staff from the people who, who want to help. The civilian effort to take on the Russians is not just about fighting. It's also about helping. Inside all of these bags are food, winter clothing, and other supplies. But they're not going to the troops. They're going to the victims of this war, Ukrainians all across the country whose neighborhoods have now been bombed out. Before the war, Vitaly was a student at Kiev University. 
Now, he's on the front lines of the aid effort. So are you scared of the, of the Russians? No, I'm not scared because uh, we know what we fight for. We Ukrainians, uh, we fight for justice and for freedom and for liberty. And Russians, they do not know what they fight for. Tom, if I can, let me circle back to those allegations from black immigrants trying to make their way out. What's the Ukrainian government saying? Well, the Ukrainian foreign minister, Lester, actually just tweeted something. This is just coming in. He put on Twitter, Africans seeking evacuation are our friends and need to have equal opportunities to return to their home country safely. Lester, clearly they're addressing the concerns tonight, but now this information has to trickle down to train conductors and border officials who are already pushed to the limit. Lester. All right, Tom Yamas, thank you. As you heard at the top, Russian forces launched a deadly attack on the heart of Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest city. Now people there find themselves in a battle to survive. Matt Bradley has more. It was Kharkiv's Freedom Square that took a colossal hit today. Russians pounding the civilian center of Ukraine's second largest city, leaving its city hall in tatters, its opera house damaged. First responders rushing bodies and injured people out. Seven people died, 24 were wounded, according to Ukrainian state officials. President Volodymyr Zelensky, still defiant, condemned the Freedom Square attack. This is the price of freedom, he said. What a morning. Just one part of a day of destruction in Kharkiv, with civilians carrying the bulk of the burden. Russian rockets also destroyed this residential building. In response, this city has moved underground. This is my little child. The bombing and shooting and we don't know how to sleep and what will... How we will live tomorrow. Please, we don't have enough food for for my baby. And Yasmina Vladimirovich is sheltering with her five-month-old baby and other family members in their basement. Supplies and morale are low and getting lower. Other infants elsewhere in the city have also been scrambled to safety. A whole maternity ward moved to a bomb shelter. One rocket devastated a house just behind where Yasmina was sheltering. Sergei Shpak has been in the metro system for days with his wife and son, walking through the train tunnels to find supplies and food. But everything here is dwindling. Only hope remains. Matt Bradley, NBC News, Lviv, Ukraine. The all-out attack on Ukraine is intensifying, but it is also going slower than Russia anticipated, and there are growing U.S. concerns about Vladimir Putin's state of mind. What might he do if he feels backed into a corner? Here's Andrea Mitchell. Vladimir Putin tonight, frustrated and angry with the pace of his assault on Ukraine. The worry for Washington, is he acting rationally, and will he ramp up the violence against Ukraine's citizens? There is no new intelligence on his mental state. But U.S. officials say everyone, including President Biden, sees an angrier Putin, increasingly detached from reality in his speeches, isolated from longtime advisors, rarely coming into the Kremlin, and when he does, meeting on opposite ends of a supersized table, more than 20 feet apart. That, I think, creates this kind of delusional bubble about what he thought was going to happen when he first launched this attack. Officials tell NBC News Putin has lashed out at underlings in private and in public bullied his top spy on state TV. Say it directly, he said. What do you think is going on there? I don't know what is the matter there, but whatever it is, the people of Ukraine are paying the price for it. Now he's raising the stakes for U.S. military planners by putting Russia's nuclear forces on heightened alert. You don't want 
uh, a madman backed into a corner with nothing to lose, especially if that madman has nuclear weapons. With the Russian economy collapsing under the weight of global sanctions and some of his own oligarchs even criticizing the invasion, what might he do to stay in power? He can threaten or carry out cyber attacks against the West, including the United States, and he can threaten uh, to use uh, uh, battlefield nuclear weapons. U.S. officials say President Biden is deliberately downplaying Putin's nuclear threats and not raising the alert status of U.S. nuclear weapons, trying to de-escalate a crisis with an unpredictable enemy. Lester. Andrew Mitchell, part of the conversation tonight. Thank you. And this evening, President Biden is set to address Russia's invasion of Ukraine in his first State of the Union speech. It comes at a critical moment for the president who's facing falling poll numbers. Here's Kristen Welker. Tonight, President Biden on the cusp of a State of the Union address that's not the one he anticipated delivering just days ago before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. According to excerpts, he will say Putin's war was premeditated and unprovoked. He rejected efforts at diplomacy. Putin was wrong. We were ready. Touting the U.S. response as he did recently. NATO was more united and more determined than ever. Today, Mr. Biden speaking with Ukraine's president. But domestic challenges are also looming large, with the president's approval rating plummeting. A new poll today shows Americans disapprove of his handling of crime, immigration, the economy and inflation. Americans still grappling with soaring prices seven months after the president insisted inflation would not last. Most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and are expected to be temporary. President Biden will lay out plans to help, including making more cars and semiconductors in America. Judy McNamara owns a pub in Virginia and is struggling. I used to have savings. I don't have it anymore. Personal savings. You've dipped into all of your savings? Yes, I have, in order to keep this float afloat. Yes, ma'am. On COVID, the president likely to tout cases and hospitalizations are down, though Republicans say the problems for the president are piling up. The State of the Union's in disarray because of President Biden's policies. I hope he talks about reversing it tonight. I don't think he will. The White House says the guiding theme tonight will be the importance of unity abroad and at home. He's also going to call on the American people to be strong, to be resilient, to look forward, because he always say, says that when Americans are together, there's nothing that we cannot do. And my expectation is you'll hear those very words tonight. Chris, in giving fast-moving events, how much did the president have to rewrite this speech? Well, Lester, officials here say the president and his aides did rework his speech and he will take aim at Putin saying, quote, when dictators do not pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos. Lester. Kristen Welker, thank you. Be sure to join us for the president's State of the Union address tonight at 9 Eastern time. The U.N. Refugee Agency, or UNHCR, responds to emergencies and provides long-term solutions for refugees. They provide aid in over 130 countries, including Ukraine, Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan, where people are forced to flee from war and persecution at their greatest moment of need. UNHCR helps and protects refugees by providing food, shelter, medical care, and other life-saving essentials. The agency jumpstarts relief in three key ways. They transport core relief items stored in even the most remote areas of the world. They deploy expert emergency staff trained to help in crisis situations. And they transfer funds directly to support the emergency. Because of generous supporters and donors, UNHCR can scale up its response within 72 hours of a large-scale emergency. Your support helps provide life-saving aid for refugees whenever and wherever emergencies occur. 
Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org slash donation. Ron Klain is the White House Chief of Staff, and he joins me to talk more about what we may hear from the president tonight. Mr. Klain, this is the State of the Union speech, but how much of the president's remarks will focus on Ukraine tonight, and what does he want the American people to know about the conflict? Well, he will begin by talking about the conflict in Ukraine, the Russian invasion, and he'll talk about what we've done so far to combat that aggression. He'll talk about the coalition he pulled together, uh, this kind of unprecedentedly strong coalition of our NATO allies and other countries who are providing uh, aid to Ukraine, providing aid to the army, providing aid to the Ukrainians that are heroically fighting the Russians, as well as the coalition we've pulled together to impose unprecedented sanctions on Russia and its economy. So the American people are going to hear what we're doing, what we're going to do to help the Ukrainian people in the struggle and to make sure that Russian aggression pays a serious price. And depending what happens in Kiev tonight, could we be looking at a split screen moment? Is there concern Vladimir Putin might want to upstage the president? Uh, look, the concern is that six days ago, Vladimir Putin launched an unjustified, unprecedented uh, assault on Ukraine. The concern is that he continues to target civilians in Ukraine. I care less about what hour of the day or night this happens and more about the fact that what Vladimir Putin is doing in Ukraine is wrong. And that's why the United States has assembled this amazing coalition led by President Biden, joined by leaders from around the globe to devastate the Russian economy as a result. Uh, we're down to now, now it takes more than 100 rubles to buy a single U.S. dollar. Their stock market's been unable to open this week. Russian inflation's over 20 percent. So they are paying a price for what they're doing, whatever hour of the day and night they do it. All right. Ron Klain, good to have you on today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Lester. In just 60 seconds, our series, The New Normal, as mask requirements are lifted, how Americans are adjusting and what you need to know. Along with COVID infections, mask mandates are now dropping every day as well. But in our series, The New Normal, Stephanie Gosk reports how some remain cautious. It's time for kids to ditch the masks and breathe a little easier in a growing number of schools nationwide. That's good because, especially with my little girl, she doesn't like too much. It's time that we at least have our own choices. The new reality drawing a mixed response. I think it's a smart decision to keep it on. Because everyone feels a lot safer with it on. More than 50% of the largest districts have made masks optional. New York City could change its school policy next week, barring any unforeseen spike in cases. L.A. County on March 12th, making some parents there uneasy. I'm just not ready as a parent. I don't think that um completely gone yet because there's people still have COVID. California is also dropping its requirement for vaccinated people to wear masks in most indoor settings. Same for Washington, Oregon and Illinois, just to name a few. A recent poll showed 50 percent of Americans support some kind of mandate, down slightly from 55 percent last summer. But in many forms of public transportation, the masks are still required and don't expect to fly without one. Federal officials tell us they're working closely with the CDC, but for now, the rules stand. In many of the places where the mandate has been lifted, officials still recommend some people wear masks. Who are the people at this point, even without a mandate? who should still be masking. So there are four groups of people. Number one, unvaccinated. Number two, those older than 65 who are unboosted. 
Number three, very immune compromised. And number four, the people who live with any of the folks in the first three groups. For those who are taking masks off, medical experts recommend not throwing them away. We are not in the clear from COVID. Not yet. Stephanie Gosk, NBC News, New York. Up next, it will be a while before anyone's saying, play ball. Back now with a horrific shooting at a church in Northern California. Police say David Rojas killed his three daughters, ages 9, 10, and 13, and their chaperone during a supervised visit in Sacramento, then took his own life. The girl's mother had a restraining order against their father. Also tonight, encouraging signs Queen Elizabeth is on the men more than a week after testing positive for COVID. The 95-year-old resumed holding virtual audiences today after battling cold-like symptoms. And Major League Baseball has canceled opening day and the first two series of the regular season after the league and the players union failed to reach a new collective bargaining agreement by this evening's deadline. That's nightly news. A reminder to join us for the president's State of the Union address at nine here on NBC. Thanks for watching. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts.